Speak to us, Lord, through your word. Flood our hearts with light. Strengthen us with might. Open the eyes of our understanding this day. We give you glory. We give you praise, Lord. We praise you today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Great job, guys. That's our 180 band. Awesome. Let's give them a hand. Amen. You may be seated. In 1 John chapter 4 and in verse 19, the Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. You know, the only reason that I can love God and you can love God or anyone else is because God first loved us. You know, you ever heard people say, well, my problem is I just don't love God enough. You know, a lot of folks live their lives under a cloud of condemnation and they're on a treadmill of works trying to please God. How many of you know that your works can't please God? It is faith in Him and love for Him that pleases Him. Amen? The Bible says they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. We're in the Spirit. Amen. No, the problem is that, you know, we just don't love God enough. The problem is is sometimes we don't realize how much He loves us. And in John chapter 17 and verse 23, I want you to notice that verse with me if you would. So let's turn there. Let our eyes rest on the Scripture. John the 17th chapter. And in verse 23... Jesus said something here that's absolutely revolutionary. He said, I in them and thou in me. I'm glad that he's in us. And I'm glad that I'm in him. You know, you look a whole lot better in him than you do out of him. Amen. We live a whole lot better in him than we do out of him. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen. Let's go ahead and read this together. I in them and thou in me. That they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. That's powerful. Since he loves me as much as he loves Jesus, I'm not afraid to face life's problems. How about you? The Bible says, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God doesn't just have love. He is love. And you can't be any better loved when love loves you. Say it with me. Love loves me. And the Bible says, He that dwelleth in God dwelleth in God, and and God dwelleth in him. In verse 17 of 1 John 4, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is... So are we in this world. Then I want you to catch this verse. This is a powerful verse of Scripture in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18. Here's what happens in my life and in your life when we really get an understanding of how much that love loves us. Amen. Amen. This happens in our life. It says in verse 18, there is no fear in love. But perfect love, what does it do? It casts out fear. Amen. You know, if Satan can't scare you, he can't stop you. If he can't scare you, he can't stop you. Dread does not exist. 
When a person has a revelation of this great love wherewith he has loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When we get this revelation, it absolutely turns fear out of doors. As a matter of fact, it expels every trace of terror. You know, Satan's a terrorist. He's the one that's influencing those people to do those bombs and to do all those crazy things. He's a terrorist. And that's terrorism in one level, but there's also terror and torment that comes to the city of our souls trying to knock us out in life. And so fear brings this terror and fear brings this torment. But when we get absolutely saturated with this fact that God loves us, that He's not mad at us, but He's mad about us, then you'll be able to face your fears with a sense that I am more than a conqueror through Him that loves me. Yeah, but I haven't been acting or living like a Christian. Let me tell you this. There's nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Neither depth, nor height, nor any other thing. It will not be able to separate you from God's love. God loves you. And you know, for some of you, He's just waiting for you with open arms. Just like the Father opened His arms to the prodigal son, I believe that His everlasting arms are open to us today. And He's saying, Son and daughter, come, let me love you. Let me put my hand upon you. Let me heal you. Let me encourage you. Let me strengthen you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 3. It's something the Apostle Paul said. Ephesians chapter 3 and in uh, verse 18. And I know I'm kind of driving the people upstairs, not a little batty, but maybe a little throwing them off guard because I'm taking a completely different route than I did last time. But in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 18, and I want you to look at that in the Amplified Version. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, and he says that you may have the power and be strong to apprehend and grasp with all the saints, God's devoted people, the experience of that love. What is the breadth and length and depth of it? Verse 19. Hallelujah. That you may come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ. Everyone say the love of Christ. The love of Christ. He says it surpasses mere knowledge without experience. And he prays that you might be filled throughout your whole being. Think about that. Be saturated with revelation knowledge of the breadth, length, depth, and height of the love of Christ. You may be filled through your whole being unto all the fullness of love. And may you have the richest measure of His divine presence and heart of the bay. May we become a body wholly filled and flooded with God and flooded with love. And flooded with love. Oh God, let there be an overflow of your love. An overflow of your anointing. An overflow of your life-changing presence. Become a whole, a body, wholly filled and flooded with love himself. Put your hands right on your area right here and say, Lord, I desire the richest measure of your divine presence. May I individually and us corporately 
Become a body. Holy filled. And flood it with love himself. Thank you, Lord. I receive it, Lord. I receive a saturation of the love of God. All four dimensions. How high is God? How long is God's love? It's long enough to last forever. God will never stop loving you. How wide is God's love? Well, it's wide enough to be everywhere. There's no place you can go where God's love is not. How long is God's love? It's long enough to last forever. Wide enough to be everywhere. How deep is God's love? Deep enough to handle any problem we may have. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm in the pits. I've hit the bottom. God is deeper still. No matter what your problem may be, no matter what you're going through, His love is deeper than any problem that we may face. But how high is God's love? It's high enough to overlook your mistakes. I I thought somebody would shout on that one. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. Hallelujah. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. And then thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. And you can't really love yourself unless you know how much he loves you. So walking in love begins with a revelation of how much love loves me. And dear brothers and sisters, this love wherewith he has loved us is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's not in your head. It's certainly not in your emotions. You know, if you live by your emotions, you'll go nuts. If you, don't, if you try to love someone that's unlovable out of your mind, you'll just fail every time. But he's not talking about a love that's conditional. He's not talking about a love that's emotional or based on feelings. How many of you ever woke up in the morning and didn't feel married? I dare say every one of us have done that before. But you is married. So you better act like you is married and walk in the love of God. Unconditionally. Amen. Now let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 5. Romans, the fifth chapter, the fifth verse. Great verse of Scripture here. But remember these truths. That you love people out of your heart. You don't love them out of your head. Love is not based on conditions. You can love the unlovable. Only because the love of God is in you. In Romans 5, verse 5. Read it with me. In hope maketh not a shame. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which has been given unto us. Where is this love? Where is this love? It's in our hearts. Now, it shouldn't stay in our heart. It should flow out of our heart. Now, there is a commandment that the Bible says is very clear about walking in love. I want you to look at at, uh, 1 Thessalonians, if you would, and let's look at a few scriptures today and stir ourselves up on the love of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. But as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. 
And indeed you do it toward all the brethren which are in the Bay Area. But we beseech you, brethren, that you decrease more and more. Does God want us to decrease in love? Does God want us to increase in love? Now I want you to notice this in the message translation. And we'll wait until they can get it up there. Message translation of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. He says, now regarding life together and getting along with each other, can't we all just get along? Should we be getting along? The only way we can do it is by walking in love. Because you have noticed that most people have issues. Including you. Including me. Most people have issues. And the only way that we can get along and overlook those issues and love covering a multitude of issues is by letting this love flow out of our hearts. So he says, now regarding life together and getting along with each other, you don't need to tell me, you don't need me to tell you what to do. You're God taught in these matters. Just love one another. You're already good at it. Your friends all over Macedonia are the evidence of it. I love this. Keep it up. Get better and better and better at it. You know, here at Heart of the Bay, we're doing quite well. But we could do better. I received a word from Brother Hagen like that one night in San Jose. It was the best word of the night. I mean, there was a lot of prophetic rebukes going on that night. Mario Marula was sitting there, and he started looking for dimes when he walked over near him. He basically told a couple of ministers, he says, your problem is your big old flesh. He walked up to another minister, and he started saying, problems, problems, problems. He started coming over to our side and look at Brenda and said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> so the word of the Lord came to him. He pulled us up there and said, you're doing quite well. I'm thinking, oh, thank God. He says, but you could do better. And I said, my heart, I know that's right. And some of you are saying the same thing about your love walk. You're doing okay, but you could do better. Well, I took that word. It was the most encouraging word in the house that night. He says, you could do better. And he says, and you will. He said, because the Lord will help you and the vision shall be fulfilled. Glory to God. Well, I know in my own walk, I know in my own walk of love, I could do better. I know that I need some work. And if I need some work, most likely you do too. You know, if you think you've arrived, you haven't even left yet. And I know as a church, we're doing quite well. We're doing well. But you know, we could do better. You know, we have We Care and we have the, the, you know, the youth going to camp. And, you know, last week we sold close to 6,000 to Donnie Moore. Did you know that? Close to 5,000 so we could help send kids to camp. 
Not kids in this church. We're sowing outside of this church, and we're believing God Hallelujah. for just a deluge of hot dogs being sold next Sunday. Amen. <laughs> we're believing for a return. So we're, we're doing quite well. We're, we're doing quite well in the community, but we could do better. I believe that we can increase more and more in 2014 than we did in 2013. I believe we can sell more backpacks. I believe that we can support more missionaries. I believe that we can do greater and more wonderful things for the cause of Christ to advance His kingdom. But it will never be done with all of us participating in this revelation. God loves us and we're going to take this love and we're going to share it with the world. We're going to share it in the marketplace. We're going to do better walking in love. We're going to be nicer at the counters when we order food. We're going to be nicer to that person that just cut us off in 880. Come on, somebody! We're going to be more gracious to that person at JCPenney's and Sears. We're going to be nicer to that person at the airport. Could we do better? I know we can all do better. I was telling Brenda the other night, I said, I'm preaching on love and I feel like a hypocrite. And I said, you know, I said, I know I've got areas I need to grow in. She says, oh, you're doing awesome. You're you're walking in love. She says, there is one thing, though. Aren't you glad, husbands, that your wives don't share it all at one time? There's more than one thing. And aren't you glad the Lord deals with us one thing at a time? If He showed us everything, it would blow our mind. Come on, somebody. She says, you know, there is one thing. And she told told me what it was, and I know it. I know it. I need to be more patient. I need to be more patient. Probably cut back on the caffeine a little bit. You know, the Bible says, in your patience, you will possess your souls. Now, if we're impatient and we're dealing with people rudely, because you know what? I am the Mark Thomas. Sound like pride? Sound like a little bit of arrogance? Sound like a little bit of conceit? You know, the Lord shows you those things not to condemn you, but to convict you so that you can perfect this love walk, so that you can grow into the image and into His likeness and be more used of Him in these last days than ever before. How many of you want God to use you? Hallelujah. And so, I don't know where I'm going, but this is all right. You're patient. Thank you. Look at John chapter 13. Say with me, I'm walking in love. I'm walking in the Spirit. And I refuse to fulfill the lust of this old flesh. Now look at this in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. He said, A new commandment I give unto you. This is the law of the new covenant. That you agape one another, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. This is not a suggestion. A commandment is an order. Kenneth Copeland says in his Bible where he has notes on the love of God, I was looking at it in between service, 
The commandment of love, from which there is no retreat, about which there is no debate. It's a commandment. In Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, in that context where it says, Owe no man anything, it literally says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. The debt of love is a debt that will never, ever get paid in full. The debt of love is a debt that all of us owe. Walking in, living in this new commandment. In verse 35 of John 13, he says, Now by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. The evidence to this world that we are his disciples is not how we dress. It's not what we drive. It's not what we live in. But the evidence to this world that we are truly disciples is if, in fact, we agape. We love one another. Now, don't look so sad. You know, it's all right. The the blood has been shed. (laughs) You know, you start talking about love and people go, oh, yeah, I know. It's kind of like blank stares. I know we need to. (laughs) What do you think, Ethel? Think we better walk in love? This is not an ouch sermon. This is an amen sermon. This is something we can do. This is something that's bestowed upon us. This is something we can live. We can live as sons of love, sons of God, and change the very world we live in. Amen. Now look at John, and notice with me in chapter 15, and verses 8 through 12. John 15 Verses 8 through 12. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Love is a fruit. Love can grow. Love can be developed. How many of you know that practice makes perfect? Absolutely. Practice makes perfect. You can practice love today. You know, Dad Hagen said that he would practice love when he was cooking eggs for Aretha, his wife. What do you mean cooking eggs? He said, how many have ever messed up cooking a sunny side egg? You know, one's good, one's bad. He said, what I would always do, I'd give her the good egg. When we'd go to a restaurant, I'd always give her the best cut of meat. That's practicing love. That's developing in the love of God. You can practice love. You can change the atmosphere of the marketplace you work in. You know, a lot of people on Monday are really bummed out. Why? Because it's Monday. But we don't have a right to be bummed out if it's Monday because Monday is the day that the Lord has made just like Saturday is the day that the Lord has made. And when you have this attitude that this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice, I will be glad in it, and you walk into the marketplace like that, the very atmosphere and the very weather that you carry changes the very atmosphere. And you can walk in to your job. And I know Jimmy does this. Brother Jimmy is a great example of the love of God. 
Walking in with a smile on his face. Walking in, giving someone an encouraging word. You don't have to use Elizabethan language and say, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast looked prettiest today. I lovest thou thy tie. Where did thou gettest it? No. That's just a bunch of religious junk. But authentically living the love of God. When you're saturated with the love of God, is this true, Jimmy? It'll flow out of your mouth. That's right. It's your will. And it'll demonstrate itself in encouragement. Practice love. Practice love. Start on yourself. Quit being so hard on yourself. Just receive the grace of God. Receive the love of the Father. And then go out and be a lover of humanity. Go out and be a blessing. Go out and let the love of God flow through you. So he said, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so you should be my disciples indeed. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be what? And then he goes on to say, this is my commandment that you love one another, another, even as I have loved you. What this is saying is this, live in love. And the more that you and I obey the commandment of love, listen, the happier we're going to be. The more joyful we're going to be. The less selfish we are, the more loving we are, the more joy we're going to have in our lives. I've discovered this as pastoring for over 31 years. That the happiest people, the most joyful people in the local church are the people who serve one another out of a spirit of love. Amen. Now listen, this service might be a smile. It might be in the nursery. It might be in children's church. It might be at the back door greeting. It might be vacuuming the floors. But I've discovered this, that those who live their life to be a blessing are the most blessed people in the earth today. Those who get on the giving end of life cannot help but experience overflow in their lives. In Luke 6.38, he said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. If we will get on the blessing end of life and just not be calling for the blessing, but know that we are blessed to be a blessing, we will experience overflow. Listen. An overflow of joy. An overflow of blessing. Oh, it's so good to live in love. Say it with me. Lord, I'm living in love. And listen to these statements. The selfish life is the empty life. The self-centered life is the miserable life. The giving life is the fulfilling life. And the unselfish life is the satisfying life. Hallelujah. You want to be happy? Live to love. Live to give. What if you lived to bless people and love people? You would be so full of joy. Now what I want to get into just the edge of, because we're just starting this. If you don't want to hear about love in June, go to another church. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I say that in love. <laughs> but this is something we all need to grow in. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. The love of God can be developed. It can grow. Amen. Amen. So how then do we keep this commandment of love? How do we do it? Let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 says, Hereby we perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso has this world's goods, and sees his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwells the love of God in him? Now here it is, verse 18. Read it with me. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but let us love in deed and in truth. In other words, we should not just be talking about how much we love someone. We'd be, we should be showing them our love by our actions. Keeping the commandment of love requires action. Yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like loving that person. I don't have any warm and fuzzy feelings. Put your feelings under. And just obey the command. Look for a way to love people. Amen. Action. Come on, Say with me, I'm a doer of this love walk and not just a hearer only. Now here's one way that you can do it. And the Bible has several ways that you can do this. But let's talk about this one way this morning. Go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans the 12th chapter. And we notice in verse 9 and in verse 10. Everybody doing good? Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so good to us. Amen. Now notice this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he says, Let your love be without dissimulation. Basically, let your love be without hypocrisy. That's what that means. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Now here it is, verse 10. Be kindly affection to one another. With brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. Love is an action. One way that we show this action of love is we prefer, we honor one another. We honor one another. Say it with me. The God kind of love prefers. Now, the word prefer means to go before. It also means to take the lead in showing deference to one another or preference to one another. The NIV makes it even more clear. He says, honor one another above yourselves. The NLT says, take delight in honoring one another. Take delight in preferring one another. Our attitude ought to be, let me bless you. Let me bless you. You know, when I go out to dinner with ministers, I know that if I'm going to pay for the dinner, I need to call a week ahead of time. Because I have benevolent friends. And you'll be sitting at the table and the, and the, uh, you know, the check will come. And it's like, it's like a showdown. He, ha he that has the quickest hand gets the check. The attitude should be, let me bless you. Let me, let me honor you. 
You know, we just this month have had a lot of wonderful, wonderful high school graduates in our church. Uh, last night we were at a party for a college graduate. And this young man has lived his life for the glory of God. I believe that a person that lives their life for Christ and makes an accomplishment like that should be honored. Words should be spoken over our young people of honor and value. I told this young man, I said, you know what? You're an awesome example of your generation, but you're also an inspiration to my generation. Honoring one another. You know, many of you have some relatives and some friends, some kids, that young people that just graduated. Get a card. Let them know that you value them. Honor them. Stick a $100 bill in there. A 50, a 5, a 10. Who give me one? Who give me two? <laughs> Honor one another. I mean, even right now, this service would not be happening if it weren't for the faithful volunteers of this church. Brenda and I would not have the ability and the privilege to minister the Word of God to you. And Pastor Tom would not have the privilege of doing that if it wasn't for the faithful people that are in the background serving. I believe they should be honored. I believe that they should be valued. And so when you see people serving in the church, thank them. Slip them a little Pentecostal handshake every now and then. Or just say, thank you so much for watching my children, for sowing into the lives of my kids. That's honor. That's preferring one another. Let me bless you. I'm blessed, you see, to be a blessing. Now notice in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Philippians 2, 1 through 5, it says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Don't let anything be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem the other better than themselves. It doesn't mean that you don't esteem and value who you are. By preferring one another, you're esteeming and valuing them at that time as better than yourself. Do you get it? He says, don't look every man on your own things, but look on the things of others. And then he says, let this mind, come on, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Somebody says, but pastor, I've got so many problems, so many challenges, so many difficulties. I'm telling you that the avenue and the way out of those things is forget about yourself. Let your spirit be less inward and you become more outward. Get on the giving end of life and you will see that as you show mercy, you'll obtain mercy. As you show love, you will receive it. You know, Jesus... At the Last Supper, and we celebrated that today, he took a basin and he took a towel. And he says, I'm going to wash your feet. How many of you know there wasn't concrete back then like there is today? Those feet were dirty. And so at the time of that Last Supper, and around that time, he began to wash the disciples' feet. Don't you know that As he was washing their feet, he was speaking words of encouragement to them. He was telling them things. 
that lifted their hearts. Then he says, guys, I've left you an example that you should do the same thing. Anybody ever been in a foot washing service before? Well, bring the basins in, guys. Now, we're not going to do that right now, but a foot washing service is a very powerful thing. But you can wash other people's feet every day by serving them, by loving them. Jesus said, I didn't come to be ministered to. He said, I came to minister. I didn't come to be served. He said, I came to serve. Come on, somebody. And so in summation of this message, the Apostle Paul says, follow after love, let it be your greatest aim. Let love be your greatest aim, not status or success or possessions or power or privilege, not prestige or money, but let love be your greatest aim. He went on to say this, let all of your things be done with charity or with love. Everything I do and everything you do must be motivated by the love of God. Everything you do. Before you post on Facebook, ask yourself, is this love? Before writing an email with all sorts of bitterness and belly aching about this, that, and the other, ask yourself, am I able to do this in love? Does this include ordering fast food when you cannot understand the speaker? Does it include finding a parking spot when three other people want it? Going to Wanda. Now, everything we do must be done in the love of God. Let me ask you a question. Does it include being nice to people who vote differently than you? Does it include, if the choice of your president didn't get in, does it include love? Listen, everything you do and everything you say, make sure that the measuring stick is the love of God. My Bible says that our faith will work by love. My confidence today is that you have heard a good word. And that you are doing what you've heard. Say this with me. And this is one way to get the love of God activated in your life. Is by confession. Lift your right hand to the Lord and say, I'm patient. I endure long. I'm kind. I'm ever ready to believe the best of every person. I'm not touchy. I'm not fretful. I'm not resentful. I don't want to get even. I I take no account of the evil evil. that's been done to me. me. My hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And I'm enduring enduring. everything Everything. without weakening. weakening. God's love in me me will never fail. fail. I I believe 
I receive a zero failure rate. And in Christ and in through the love of God, I will succeed. Did you get anything out of today's message? Let's give the Lord praise. Give Him glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we let the Word of God speak for itself. Amen. Think about these things. Dwell on these things. And God will bring us up as a church. And will bring us up individually.